Hello, welcome back to Unseeded. It's episode five now. I've actually managed to watch some tennis this week. I don't know about yourself. Um, <laughs> obviously, over the last week, we've had Dubai, Doha, Rio. There was another ATP one. I didn't watch any of that. I think it was Marseille. Didn't see that one. I know Hubert uh, Hercatch won, I think. But anyway, we'll talk about those because that's sort of our job on this podcast. Um, but yeah. first, <laughs> I thought I'd talk about my my latest racket situation. There's Obviously, last week. There's an update. I now have a tennis racket. I can Yay. play again. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I am... Um, Obviously, I have my blade and my old pro staff stolen, and now I've got an RF ninety seven, and it's very nice. It Hit one looks of the very best. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it looks very nice. It plays very nice. Hit one of the best backhand winners I think I've ever done in my life when I last played. Although I was playing on a carpet court, and I still don't understand why a carpet court is a thing. Yeah, that still sounds so wrong every time you say it. Yeah, it's they're horrendous. And it was really funny as well because they'd patched up this this place I pay £150 a month for and these carpet courts were so patchy. And in one one part of the, the court, it appeared that they'd repaired it with a big, large strip of Velcro. What? Which, when you've got a tennis ball, doesn't quite work. That can't, that can't be right. Yeah, no, it's bizarre. Fortunately, the ball never actually bounced in that spot because you know, I would have been intrigued to, to see what, what happened. happened. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, th- I didn't think of that. And then on the other side of the court, there was just a, a missing bit of carpet. So, mm. yeah, that's what paying £150 a month for David Lloyd gets you. Um, Maybe take it up with the manager. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, no, they've got some really nice, like, proper acrylic hard courts there and they've got artificial grass outside, which is quite fun. Mm. But then it's just like, who, nice who, summer. who plays tennis on a carpet? Yeah, that just sounds so wrong. Strange. I mean, I think carpet courts were a thing on the ATP tour until about 2008. Were they? Yeah, Paris Masters always used to be carpet because Federer oh. didn't play there. And then the <laughs> ATP basically banned. Smart man. Uh, well, basically banned carpet because Federer didn't ever want to play on it. Um, so, well, that's what watched. the rumours were, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I've got a new racket. It's lovely. I'm loving it. I'm getting a new ninety square inch Pro Star as well tomorrow, so that's nice. It's all going well again. Um, and tomorrow, yourself. yeah, and tomorrow I'm playing on clay for the first time, so I'm I'll, I'll probably fall over. Uh, yeah. I don't think I'm a natural clay court player. Um, uh, I think very few people are. Yeah, I'm a good old. Uh, Servant volleying type, I think. Um, <laughs> Classic. Yeah. So let's probably start talking about the tennis that has actually happened. Um, I thought we'd start talking about Dubai. Yeah. Um, obviously, there was that final on that final, the Saturday, yeah, yeah between Sviantek and Krachikova, which I didn't actually watch. I'll admit that. Oh. But that's because at the exact same time, the Doha final was happening, scheduled at three o'clock over here on the Saturday, I believe. Yeah, lots of things happening this weekend. Yeah, which was very fr- yeah, but it's like why why are the why are they scheduled at the same time? 
Why couldn't oh, one be scheduled at two o'clock in the afternoon here? I don't know what local time that is. Yeah, they're because they're, the nothing about, they're nothing about your time. They're thinking about their local time. No yeah, but surely they them. want their viewership figures to go up and you're not going to have as much viewership if you've got one final happening somewhere and another final happening. Yeah, but I don't think... I think maybe they didn't really think about just, that. Yep, yeah, they're stupid. It's just stupid. I can't think of any good reason why those tennis finals happened at the same time because you had Sviantep versus Krachikova and then Murray versus Medvedev. My attention was on Murray Medvedev. Yeah. um, Because got got of course (laughs) got to support the Brits. Got to support Andy Murray. But then this Sviantep Krachikova final was brilliant, and it's like I wish I could have watched that live. I, I'm not. I'm not one for the multi-screening thing. I tried that during the Australian Open, but mm. it gets a bit confusing. Yeah, um, you can't really focus on anything. No, no. You end up watching a point there, and then a point <laughs> has happened on that screen, and then you're watching the replay of that. It it gets a bit chaotic. Yeah, no. But I I I think it got to a point in the Australian Open where I tried to set up three different screens. I had my phone, I had my PlayStation you know, with one TV screen. You know you then... can just watch the game when it's over, right? I know, but it's well, it's hard because like Australian <laughs> Open, it was just games happening all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah but no... I mean, let's be honest, not all of them are like great. Some of them you can probably skip. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of shit matches. Um... <laughs> I wouldn't put it like that, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just, I still just can't understand how they let that happen. It like oh, it's just unbelievable, well, and especially with all this like tennis United stuff, like the ATP and WTA supposedly working together a lot more. The introduction just, of the United Cup, it's like it's just a scheduling thing. They they they're not really thinking about viewership, which they probably should be. But I mean, I, I don't think anyone's gonna like change it. So. They're both they, sticking they to their should be. They're, they're, their job is to promote the sport. Yeah, but if, if you if you are the tournament that changes it, you probably look a bit weak because you're like you're afraid of losing. Well, no, you just shoot. both tournaments talk to each other and then they agree. Uh, that never and happens. And then and then though, maybe yeah, no, but that's that's it's stupid. They're all stupid. I don't get it. I don't like it. Well, tell us tell us what you liked in the finals. Oh, yeah. Okay, should I actually talk about the finals now? Yeah. <laughs> I, thought I'd, I thought I'd start with Dubai because I actually watched more matches of that tournament as a whole because I, I tried to watch a few of the, like quite a few of the Sviantec ones um, because obviously I was going into watching these expecting Sviantec just to roll through every opponent, which for a large part she did. I mean, it very much did look like... To, obviously, I watched the Sriontek against Leila Fernandez. I thought that would be quite an exciting matchup. Hmm. It wasn't. <laughs> um, Leila Fernandez got very much beaten. It wasn't close at all, which was a shame. I mean, Leila Fernandez just wasn't able to, to impact Sriontek in any way. She didn't have a weapon, didn't have anything that could could actually do any damage What's then that with her? Is, is she injured or something no no i just think i just think she was just not up to it that day like most players on the wta tour at the moment to be fair yeah it's hadn't it's quite figured out how to beat Iga Sviantec. <laughs> coco goff watched her play Iga Sviantec get beaten i think it was six four six two that hurts 
Well, she launched a bit of recovery in the first set to make it a bit more respectable. Hmm. And yeah. then second set, just Eagles for Yontech did Eagles for Yontech things. But, however, there's a twist to this story. Hmm. And that Eagles for Yontech did not win the final. Oh, gosh. Yeah, she got beaten by Barbora Krachikova, 6462. Oh. Um... Had a very impressive tournament. So, a fun fact for you: Barbora Krachikova joins only, I believe, four other players in beating the WTA number one, two, and three in a single tournament. Oh! Can you tell me the other four? That is fun. Uh, wait, say it again. <laughs> so, Krachikova has she's defeated the WTA one, two, and three ranks mm-hmm. in a single tournament. Only four other players have done that. Okay. We're talking about, like, this era, players. Professional era. Okay. I'm going to go with Naomi Osaka, because I feel like she she would have done that in the US Open. No. No. Mm. Raducanu. No. What? Raducanu, I don't think, has beaten a top 10 player in her career. Serena Williams? Yes. Of course. Uh, Venus? Yep. Sharapova? Mm, no. I'll put you out of your misery now. Yeah. Steffi Graf? Oh, uh, of course. Yeah, I wasn't going And uh, Arena Sabalenka? Hmm. So, not, I was going to go with Asarenka, but... <laughs> oh, fair enough. Not bad company to keep. Yeah. Um, that is quite a niche... <laughs> list yeah. to have but yeah I mean it it was a good final I sort of caught up with it afterwards but it was a shame because I would have liked to have watched it live but that was not possible so this is Krachikova's first 1000 event at least in singles I mean you could tell that sort of re-watching it that Sviantek was getting very frustrated in this match she got a time violation mm. had an argument with the umpire about it which I think the same thing happened when she got beaten by Rabatkina in the Australian Open. But yeah, so... But I think that's just the thing. If you look at all the players that have beaten Sviantec this year, so Pagula, Rabakina and uh, Krachikva, they've all done pretty similar things in that they just, mm. on the, especially on the second set, they just hit a deep return. Obviously, they're able to take control of the rally from that point. Yeah, the only thing that I'm you sort of wonder about this is... If you look at all the score lines that Sviantek has played this year, they've pretty much all been either she's just rolled through their rolled through her opponent, or her opponent has won pretty easily against her. Because I mean, Pagula beat her six two six two. Rebakina beat her. Don't think it was that one side. I can't actually remember the score. And then obviously she's just been beaten six four six two. Like it's pretty. It's not close. Yeah, I think maybe with her is that just like some days she really has it, like she's in the zone, and some days she's just not, and she she maybe she doesn't know how to get in the zone, like um, Nadal, you know, like he's mm. someone's trashing him, and he manages to like regroup and like change strategies and like do something different, and he manages to win like the matches. I think maybe that's that's what's going wrong with uh, with Iga. That if she's not winning instantly, then she kind of like gives up mentally. 
You almost wonder if she's been winning too easily. Yeah, maybe that's uh, that's not doing her any good. She's not ever having to, like, grind out a result. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I saw her on Twitter say that Andy Murray's an inspiration. <laughs> there, there is definitely an inspiration if you want to be able to grind out yeah. a victory from any situation. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, that's something that Kritikova can do. I'm pretty sure in one of the earlier round matches, she saved match points um, before going to the final. So she really nearly wasn't there. But Kritikova now, decent record in finals against Fiontek because Kritikova had won in Ostrava mm. late last year. I, f- I feel like I've got to really emphasize whenever I say Ostrava because they're the. the- <laughs> Whenever, do you know when they put like the the name on the back of the court, like on the ground? Yeah. For some reason, there's always an exclamation mark at the end of Ostrava. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> it's quite bizarre. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So I think this is interesting for the tour as well because it does it does make you think that there are there's now players that can beat Sviontek. So it, it, it feels less inevitable that she's just going to roll through and win everything. Because obviously when yeah. she went on this run last year, she obviously won this tournament last year. And then she went on unbeaten right through into Wimbledon. Yeah. Yeah, I think, again, like her uh, biggest enemy is probably herself. Like, yeah. She kind of defeats herself in some way. So she... Yeah, I, I would say she needs to work on that because she's but, like I mean, amazing, and it's easy. I mean, the WTA it's it's different from the ATP in that you know they don't really have um you know besides like Serena and Williams and like that generation, they don't really have like figures that are always winning everything. So for her to be doing that, it was quite. It is quite yeah. like impressive but yeah she maybe has to not get used to it so you living next to an airport no but there is a plane going by apparently Mm. and it's nice after our conversation last week that someone who takes their time and does a lot of uh Slowing down of the game, lost, because I always like the person who plays a bit faster. Well, you just like to rush the game. I like to enjoy the game. Well, speaking of Andy Murray, yes, what does he do? Speaking of, of someone who likes to take their time. Yeah. But in a different way. The best ones do. <laughs> in a different way, uh, very much taking his time. Andy Murray, Doha, got to the final after playing... Sinego, Zverev, Muller, and then Yiri Lehechka, and having to do that all whilst playing the full 12 sets that were necessary to get over the line. What a man. That man plays too much tennis. Honestly, yeah. If, if, we, like... we've, gone, we've gone from talking to Sviontek saying that she she almost wins too easily to going to Andy Murray, who does, n- he does not win easily enough. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> He definitely needs like to rest a little bit. Yeah, I mean, just... I thought, I thought, I thought it was happening. I thought we were going to see a rare straight sets victory for Andy Murray when he bageled 
Yuri Lehechka in the first set. But then, of course, he goes on and loses the second set. Of course, yeah. Yep. So Just Andy Murray things. It is. It is very much Andy Murray things. Playing the most sets possible in every <laughs> tournament. <laughs> And that was the problem. I just feel like that was part of the problem when he was playing Medvedev, is that Murray had just yeah. played too much tennis in, in the week. <laughs> there was, is a limit. There is, there is a limit. I mean, he lost 6-4, 6-4. So I suppose it was closer than the then Dubai final. Yeah. But it's just like, I just don't think it ever looks like... Murray was going to get into it like his I mean his best moments were at the net and that's proving to be still quite an effective way to get points against Medvedev um yeah because I mean that's what that's what Djokovic does every time he plays Medvedev I mean it's what Yannick Sinner tried to do but I just he wasn't very good at it um um, Medvedev is like at a really good point right now it's because he like won 10 matches on the feeder or something like that yeah, no, he's he's got two consecutive titles. Interestingly, I this was on the commentary. He um he has never won the same title twice. All his titles are different. <laughs> he's not the defending champion of anything. <laughs> no, he's 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 obviously never because this was this was his Doha debut as well. Ah. So yeah, he's uh, he's never. That would be quite a fun thing if he ended his career. He's done like uh, a think... career slam, but he's he's never won <laughs> That's anything twice. <laughs> I mean, unless he retires in like two years, because like at some point there's he's gonna won, be some. He's won every professional tournament there is, but just once. <laughs> Gosh, that would be a new record. <laughs> yeah, it must be. Um, I, he's just looking very solid now, isn't he, Medvedev? Yeah, he's he's playing his best tennis. I, and as well, I, I mean, part of it, I think, is the matchup at the moment between Medvedev and Murray is just never going to work for Murray at the moment. Um, no, yeah, definitely. I mean, Murray's in excellent shape. Mm. Oh, yeah, no, he's fit enough. But, yeah, I mean, but, yeah, I, there, there's limits. <laughs> you just, you, I mean, you just can't break down Medvedev. It's yeah, like, no. I think, I, I saw this somewhere in the first game of that match... There were four rallies that went over nine shots. God. Yeah. So that's like. Yeah, and that's that's what he does, truly. Like he just reaches every ball. Mm. And it's, and it's just and it, impossible. It's it's pretty bold when you're pretty much going out there, and your plan is to last longer than Murray. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> indeed, <laughs> that's usually Murray's tactic. <laughs> I mean, when when Murray's already lasted longer than everyone in like six matches, then I mean, I mean, it did lead to quite a funny. I'm pretty sure in the um, the victory speech when Medvedev collected the trophy, he made a few funny comments in that uh, he was actually worried when he had match points because <laughs> obviously Murray had saved. I don't know how many match points he saved throughout this tournament, but I think did it was it like. Uh, Lorenzo Senega had match points against him. I know Lehechka had like five match oh points gosh. against him. Yeah. Isn't that funny being worried about your match points? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you've got, if your match point up against Murray, that's not a good sign, is it? <laughs> you fear unlocked. <laughs> it's pretty routine in the end for Medvedev. He's looking very, very good. Yeah, which is nice. It's amazing. nice. 
I, I do yeah. like Medvedev. Uh, yeah, I I liked him. He, um, he adds. Uh... He's made some controversial controversial um comments, but I let it slide because I enjoy watching him. What what controversial comments? Uh, well, he said when Djokovic won, was it the US Open against him? He said that Djokovic was the goat and that he was the best out of the. Oh, that was I think that was after the Australian three. Open something like. Was it some some grand slam that he lost against Djokovic? He said that, and I was like, hmm. "Do you really think that, or is it just because you never played Rafa or Roger at their prime? Because like, there's a big difference. He never got to do that, so he can't really judge." I, no, no, no. I don't. I don't think you can get annoyed at someone if they say Novak is the goat. I mean, I mean, I think you can get annoyed if they're saying it just probably for the a, sake of saying it. Probably about a third of all tennis fans say that. <clears throat> no, I don't think so. I think, like, Roger Rafa are, like, 40-40, and then, like, 20% would say no book. I mean, more people would say it when he breaks the Grand Slam record. I mean... When he ends up being the one with the most Grand Slams, which he probably will. I mean, statistically... I mean, we we should probably just dedicate a whole podcast to, to the goat debate. At <laughs> he some point. he just broke the record for most. Weeks I know at exactly one. most most weeks at number one beaten, but he's he's had that record on the ATP side anyway for ages because yeah, the next but... is is Federer on the three hundred nineteen. Yeah, but my point is, who's the competition right now? Murray, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like there's. No one dominating. Well, Medvedev is really it's doing really well, of course. I mean, I would I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that there's like no competition. Like he's still <laughs> having to play hard. Like okay, yeah, he's. Uh, um... You know, when you have to play curious at a Grand Slam final, you know the levels the levels gone down. <laughs> like I mean, that's it, that's your yeah, competition, but... curious. Yeah, I, I, yeah, still, I, I think it's, it's, it's more than justifiable to argue that Djokovic is the goat. I, I find myself doing this like week in, week out, on this podcast. I don't know if I'm like just playing devil's advocate. I, the whole I, time, I, I, I think I, you're, you're a, uh, a closeted Djokovic <laughs> fan, you know, because <laughs> you do defend him a lot. <laughs> to be fair, I came very close to buying that Lacoste uh, Djokovic top at the, that he had at this year's Australian Open. I did think it was very nice. Um, oh, it's yeah. just that it was a hundred pounds. Okay, well, it is. Um, yeah, I mean, it was very. I I nearly did the same thing at last year's friend. Maybe I am just a Djokovic fan. I think um, you are. I'm in denial. Yeah. 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 I okay, just, Rob. We'll we'll accept you. I just like the three of them. I like. I I liked it when the big three was Roger, Rafa, and Murray. <laughs> the big three has never been Murray. Mar- I think Murray was up there at some point. Yeah, no, he was part of the big four. But there's, if you talk about the big three, there's never been a My time where Djokovic has not. Your was big three, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, the big three and your big three are two very different things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. It's just Murray was there before, and then Djokovic was like just better, you know, and like he started winning everything but yeah so we, we we we've just sort of touched upon um doha a bit there i mean i only really watched the final there 
admittedly. I watched it. I actually no, I did watch Murray. I did, all I watched was the Andy Murray matches. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm <laughs> not I'm gonna be honest there. I admit I'm an Andy Murray fan, but how can you not be? Aren't we um, all? <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. If you don't like, who doesn't want to watch an epic? <laughs> setter <laughs> even when it's just best of three <laughs> yeah oh god yeah no i i'm pretty sure i remember it was like he played i think it wasn't last year it was the year before or something it was in it was when they sort of moved into the indoor hard courts it was like he played tiafo and beat him like all three sets were tie breaks and it was just like a f- the length of like a standard five set match it was ridiculous how long it went on for i really think um, it's like half robot you know because he like really enjoys he does have it. the metal hip yeah but like yeah it's insane how he can oh no that's that's so kind long. of that's kind of the fun of it it's because like normally when you watch people go through that you kind of feel bad but it's yeah, like well, you know that andy murray is absolutely loving it yeah because most people don't enjoy no because why would you you know no if if i was going like two like in grand slams going two sets to love down all the time i would be getting so like i would not enjoy it whereas when andy murray's launching these comebacks <laughs> you can tell that he's just like <laughs> yeah he's loving it and we're all loving it to be fair. Like, he is there for the drama <laughs> i just i don't want it to end talking about a bit of drama the rio open final that was fun that was unexpected. Yes. Carlos Alcaraz lost to Cam Norrie, 5 7, 6 4, 7 5 to Norrie. That was impressive. I mean, Norrie was a session of breakdown and he found a way. He found a way. I mean, admittedly, Alcaraz was hampered by an injury. He stopped yeah. being able to run pretty much. But that just meant he was like absolutely throwing his forehands down the other end like he was hitting some pretty spectacular winners it was impressive how it stayed so close to be honest he got nori initially got a break up in the third and then alcaraz was just then launched this incredible return game next hitting winners left right and center and then got it back close and then yeah 175 in the end so still quite a tight set yeah do you think alcaraz maybe like overworked overcooked <laughs> I, I i almost kind of think that he's a bit guilty of playing too much yeah because it's like when yes. when you're because if you if you compare his schedule to i know he's younger and he can play more tennis matches but if you compare his schedule to other number one tennis players yeah. in the world like previous number ones or Djokovic at the moment is they play a much more limited schedule yeah, I also think like his style, like his game doesn't really suit playing that many tournaments. Mm. Cause obviously he's very like, you know, athletic, like he's going he's up and down like he's using like a massive amount of like strength and energy. Because I, um, I un- yeah, so that's I understand it as well. Like he's come back and played a couple of clay court tournaments because that's his most comfortable surface. Mm. And in a way, clay is going to be slightly better if you're making a recovery because it's a softer surface to like land on yeah. as opposed to like hard courts but then again a clay court match the rallies are so much longer yeah it's, it's got it's 
pros and cons, but I just think he needs a little bit of a break. But yeah, Cam Norrie at the end as well said that clay was not his natural surface. So I think he made the right move in uh, going out to uh, South America to do a bit of a clay court swing. Yeah, um, I'm really happy for him. Oh yeah, no, he's, he deserves it. And I mean, I yeah. do think he does have the game for clay. Like his forehand is very top spinny. Mm. It's a very, very good. It's still, um, I find his backhand weird. <laughs> I do struggle to watch it at times, but it's effective. It's very flat. It does a good job. It's Norrie's fifth title, uh, and it's his first final win against a top ten opponent. Hmm. He's lost the previous six, but yeah, no, that that was a good final. And I I was initially a bit skeptical about these clay court tournaments happening this time of year when we've still got like Indian Wells and Miami to go, but I'm all for it. It was fun. The um, since, Yeah, it's since a bit early. The, the, the crowd there were really fun. I mean, I understand clay now more than I understand those clay court tournaments that come immediately after Wimbledon. Mm. They're, they're just uh, wrong. Yeah, I mean, they're both weird though. <laughs> mm. But yeah, no, I mean, it's it was really fun. I mean, I really cannot remember the name of the the guy that Alcaraz played the Brazilian guy. Like that atmosphere was crazy when it got rained off. Uh... It got rained off and delayed, like right at the end when there was like two games left to play. But the atmosphere there was, yeah, the atmosphere looked incredible. Uh, yeah, it's Brazil. Yeah. So that would have been a great one to be at. No, it looked like a really fun tournament. It was a really fun final to watch. Um, you got to, to see the carnival, probably. Yeah. Players. Yeah. So, um, I did. Alcaraz was doing a bit of touristing as well. He was in a helicopter going around <laughs> the, 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 the... Is it Christ the Redeemer? Oh, yeah. The one like... Oh, yeah, that's nice. I was about to say that's the one like that, but only Fur can see me. The listeners can't. No, it's it's not like it's not arms above. It's arms like outstretched. It's like this. No, the the I'm pretty sure the arms are pretty flat. They're not raised. This is a this is a Wait, good <laughs> this is a good segment for an audio podcast, isn't it? <laughs> he literally is like I said. I just googled it. It's like this. Yeah, no, but initially you were initially oh, you were like, like arms this, above the head. Like, yeah, I like this. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I can keep this. I kind of want to keep this part in. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's relevant. Maybe we'll start making videos. (laughs) So people can see our Christ impressions. Our impressions of Christ. Uh, of a sta- not even of Christ, of a statue that, of Christ. Yeah. <laughs> um, back to tennis. Yeah, no, re- I think the finals have all been interesting. This was actually the most compelling fight. You know, I think the Medvedev-Murray final was a bit... Uh, I mean, it's a Murray match. You want it to go the distance. I mean, obviously, Sviantep being beaten by Kritikova is, is fascinating as well. Yeah, um, I mean, that's a word to use. <laughs> yeah. But then, yeah, the Rio Open final was fantastic. But yeah, I've I've quite happy the amount of tennis that I've managed to watch this week. But I've noticed throughout this, I've been doing most of the legwork of talking about these these <laughs> tennis matches. So, how many did you watch first? Um, I didn't watch any of them because I was so excited about the Mexican Open, which started this week. 
yesterday. Acapulco. Yeah. And Monterey. And Monterey as, as well. I did. I didn't see any of that. <laughs> no. I will. I will be seeing it this week. Um, but yeah. So Very exciting. Next week, then I presume you'll watch Acapulco and Monterey. I'll watch Dubai and uh, <laughs> yeah, Austin. And also, I heard that they made a tournament in Merida. Uh, WTA tournament. Yeah, that was last week. You. Oh, yes. Oh, we should have talked about that, but I can't remember who won. Um, I didn't watch that tournament. Sorry. Uh, Georgie won. Yes. Against Peterson. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, but I, I, don't know like, what, I don't know what to say about that. I didn't watch it. a whole new tournament. So that was quite unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> but that's um, nice to have another one. Because we all know yeah. the Monterey one. Yeah, so. well, the... the, the uh, no, because the, now there's the one in Guadalajara, isn't there? Uh, That's later in the year, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good event. That one's crazy oh, as yeah. well. That, that, that one's always really fun to watch because it's... Year. Because the, um, the altitude is obviously so high, it is, like, so different to everything else. It's like, it must be, like, one of the highest altitude tournaments... On really? the tour. Yeah, because I remember oh, watching a video about the, the bread being different in Guadalajara the because bread. of the altitude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gosh. So if, if if altitude can affect bread, I'm sure it can affect tennis balls. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So about the Mexican Open. Um, obviously, early stages just now. Players have only played <laughs> the first match. Casper uh, Ruud won against Argentinian. Oh yeah, that one was. He made it a lot more difficult than it should have been, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, he played really, really badly. Yeah, you know, um, it was weird because uh, Andreosi. I don't know uh, what his ranking is, but he's uh, he was well, he's playing a qualifier, the qualifiers. Wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. So it's not like very high up there. He he was wearing like a very nice shirt like of a mexican you know skull so I, I really liked his shirt um and he yeah i mean he was playing really well casper Ruud won the first set 6-4 and then andreosi won 6-4 as well the second set uh and then casper Ruud just won 7-6 the third mm. set it really it was really weird seeing him play like that um so yeah, that was a weird one. But I mean he he managed to win, so whatever. Uh Holger Rune beat uh Ben Shelton in three sets as well. Yeah. A lot of three setters in this first round. Yeah. Um I feel like Casper Rude's problem as well is he's too much of a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. I just I just don't think he's got that sort of it's, arrogance it's about it. A bit him. like Schillig. He's just too too nice. Too yeah, <laughs> yeah. He needs he needs a bit more, like, he needs a bit edge. more edge. Yeah, like yeah, a bit of that arrogance. It's like because Holger Rune's got it. Oh, I mean, he's got too much of it. No, but it's like if, like, I just feel like when Kasparud is playing top players, obviously he's got his Nadal problem. Yeah, but it's I think, like... yeah, I think that's really interesting about players, though, because obviously you have some massively talented people, but 
they don't have this, you know, like they don't believe. Yeah, like they, it, it, it would almost seem like they don't want it enough, mm. you know. But it's just like because some people are like fighters, so yeah. it's 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 a it's a different trait you need to have to be like a, a top player and, and an athlete and just to be winning everything. But I mean, he's he managed to do it in the end, so we'll see how how he plays this week. Um, so yeah, Rune won against Ben Shelton in three sets as well. Uh, so Shelton's return seemed to be like a bit of an issue for him, uh, but he's only twenty, so hopefully will just manage to fix that and then he'll be able to like play against like high ranked players so a very interesting well maybe not for you a very interesting game fritz isner two big servers oh two god Americans. <laughs> actually no to be fair i'd like i like i i mean i kind of like fritz i mean i, I love I find, fritz I and find i love it. isner oh, no I, I no 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 i can't i can't I do any of those because there's no game to isner it's like serve oh i've returned it i've lost the point um (laughs) it was a bit it was a bit all that oh they've returned it i'm in a rally i'm gonna lose the point (laughs) it's like i just can't do it taylor fritz there's a game there it's fine but i i'm also not comfortable referring to taylor fritz as a top five player now that seems weird (laughs) oh yeah that is weird that doesn't that doesn't seem right though (laughs) well another tree setter um well yeah obviously both amazing serves um Isner started the match really well um he was aggressive he won the first set without any issues 6-3 um however in the second set uh Fritz just like seemed to wake up um he won 6-3 and then just ended up winning the whole match 6-4 um so yeah the third set was uh, pretty even so mm-hmm. yeah, because they're so similar. Oh my god! Really I've just like... realised what you've said. There's a John Isner match where there hasn't been a tie break. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty straightforward. But just just because he was kind of playing himself, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh no! I I just remember. I remember. I don't even know how this happened. It was one of those like weird clay court tournaments in the US. I think it was last year. Do you know what? It's like clay, but it's not red. It's like that weird sort of like dark green clay. Oh, um, yeah. But it, yeah, the, I can't remember where it was. It was just like the final was Isner against Apelka. It's like, I, I can't think of any match I would want to watch less. Uh, you, you seem to be an Isner Instant hater. I'm I'm a hater of anyone whose game is only a serve. I think it's just because if you're tall, that's gonna be like it's not even your decision. It's a decision that's made for you. The serve is going to be your strong point, but add something else to your game for Christ's sake. Like Maxim Cressy, he's a big guy with a big serve, but he does the serve and volleying thing, which is really fun. Yeah, but like if you want to be like one of the best. You kind of have to focus on your strengths, you know. And that's what that's what Cressy does. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, everyone has their own strategies. I don't know. I like Isner. I like him as a person, <laughs> so I like watching him <laughs> just because he's so nice. And I like Fritz as well. Um, I'm happy for him. I just, I just can't. I know I've got no problem with Fritz. Like he's got a big serve, but he's he's got a game to back it up. Yeah, he's got I, he's got a bit of, more of a game. Yeah. Well, yeah. which is why he ended up winning. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, I caught I caught a bit of um, 
Djokovic playing Dubai earlier. Um, oh, did you? He went to a third set tie break. Mm. Um, I mean, one seven one the tie break. So, admittedly, <laughs> really when he was there, it break. wasn't that that tight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, looking good. Obviously, he's Djokovic. He's quite a good tennis player. But don't need to go in that into that again, do I? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Shapovalov also won against Kekmanovic. Um, Mir Mir Ketsmanovic. Yeah. Three setter as well, obviously. Um, he lost the first set and then he ended up winning six love, seven five the next two sets. He actually had a break point in the, in the last set and he was up five three, but he just couldn't do it. Um, his serve is not looking very well. Um, but yeah. What, Shapovalov's? Yeah. Ooh. He advanced to the next round, so that's all that matters. There we go. And then the the match of the tournament so far, at least for me. Feliciano Lopez is back. He's he's still alive. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Who would have known? I was like, am I? Is he? Is it him? I was like, what happened? It is him, and he won. So. He hadn't played in a few months, I think, since October last year. Mm. Um, and he hadn't won an ATP match since the summer of 2021. So oh, wow. It's been a while. Uh, he beat uh, Christopher Eubanks 7664. So, okay. pretty good. Well, good for him. I mean, Two he's setter. 41 years old now or something. He's 41. Getting on a little bit. Yeah, yeah he's getting on a little he's bit. He's 41. Is he's ranked... A thousand and thirty-five. Jesus Christ! I mean, so. long, long may he continue on the tour because I think he can. Uh, he, he can, it was he, amazing. He, he can he can compete. I'm sure for the title of most handsome tennis player. Oh, I think it's not even a competition. It's like <laughs> he just wins it every year. Honestly, I remember seeing Andy Murray say say that about him, and it was a nightmare because they were a doubles him. partner one time. So he's sitting next to this, <laughs> like Greek god. He's Spanish. Um, know, I know, but it's a saying. You know, Andy Murray's mom uh, called him Deliciano because oh. he's just right incredibly hot. Um, yeah, so he's now the tournament director of the Mutual Madrid Open. Uh, Wait, so he's tournament director and he's still playing. Yeah, so that's well. That's where, let's that's see where if he's he been. <laughs> let's see if he gets a wild card <laughs> into that tournament. <laughs> well, maybe. I, I mean, he's, he's doing pretty well in this tournament, so we'll see. Yeah, um, I think he's like soft retiring. In like, okay. he's like you know playing some matches here and there, like, but he's not gonna you know do much. Uh, he played really well. Eleven aces. And he won in an hour and a half. Well, he's still a pretty decent doubles player. Yeah, he will face TFO though, who beat oh, Nishioka just, yeah. in two sets as well. Yeah, so I mean, we'll, we'll see I'm, how I'm, that goes. Unfortunately for you, I think I'm backing TFO in that, that oh, matchup. <laughs> I'm backing Feliciano, but I I have an idea of who's gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we cover? Have, have you have you spoken all you want to about Acapulco? Yeah, that's it for now. We'll see more. Good. Next I week. mean, you've you've definitely watched more of that than you've watched any other tournament this year. Yeah, that's the thing that I was like, that's we just a lot, need all, a lot happening. All, 
<laughs> we just need all the tournaments to happen in Mexico, and then you'll watch every every. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's the key. <laughs> mm. I will watch Monterrey this week because I've been slacking. Yeah, you've actually been to Monterrey as well. Yeah, I've been to that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very nice. Other tennis news that's been happening, obviously. Um, Raducanu was withdrew from Austin. Just out of uh, another tournament. This time with tonsillitis, so yeah. the luck is not getting any better. Djokovic, obviously, I, was, I had there that he's made. He's coming back this week, but he's just played today. This this was on the basis that we would have recorded it yesterday, hmm. but we didn't do that because I was at the pub. Um, sorry, guys. But big news today. Nadal has withdrawn from Indian Wells and Miami. Oh. So he should be returning for the clay court swing. Um, but well, what this means okay. is it's very likely now that his run of being in the top 10 is going to end. And he has been in the top 10 since 2005. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. That is a big news. That's gonna be surely an un- another unbreakable record, like his Honestly, amount of Roland Garros wins. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Two thousand and five. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Crazy as well, considering the amount of time he has spent injured. Yeah. Injured. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's that's. Well, yeah, I feel for him. That is big news. Um, But yeah, I think we've covered tennis that has happened, tennis that is happening, and tennis that is going to happen now. So is there anything else we want to talk about? I don't think so. I think we'll have some pretty interesting results next week. Yes. Well, I can count on you to watch a lot of Acapulco, it seems. I'm on terrain. I'll be covering yeah. those two. I'll, I'll, I'll try and do the other two, so there's more to talk about. Yeah. And there's another clay court tournament happening somewhere. I can't remember, um, but maybe <laughs> keep an eye on that. So I think that's all for this week. So once again, thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter because we're still very low on followers there. <laughs> uh, that's at unseededpod. There is an email address there, which I checked for the first time today. And oh, we've not received anything. Um, <laughs> Maybe that's good. <laughs> no yeah, knows. probably. Um, and yeah, uh, rate us if you can. Subscribe to us, please. And listen again next week when we should be returning to a normal schedule. Um, and if not, you'll know on the Twitter account. Yes, if you follow it, which you should do, <laughs> because we actually use it now. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. See you next week.